Lachlan Grice back with you after a couple of weeks of holiday here, joined by Sam this week. Great to be with you, everybody. Thanks, Sam. And Sam, thanks for holding the fort over the last couple of weeks. You and Peter helped us get into the book of Matthew while I was just up in Terrigal, entering the sunshine. And Mate, we, we were glad to, glad to muddle our way through together. It was good to do. But we missed you while you are on holidays, and it's good to have you back. It is. It's good to be back. I had a good time reading while I was away and just making memories with uh, a baby as well, you know. It's different. Fantastic. Holidays with a bub. Yeah. And that new style of things. Yes. No, it was a good time. We always said holidays with a baby is doing all the same things in a less equipped environment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to do, and it's, it's a joyful thing. It was good. And we got to join with a couple of other churches along the way. It's one of the things I love about holidays, actually, is Fantastic. they get many opportunities to yeah. join with brothers and sisters elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, so it was a great joy to be up at EV on the coast and another local church here. It was a good time. Yeah. But it means I missed Matthew. So, Sam, we're in Matthew 20, verse 1 to 16 here yep. at Carlingford. Yep. Uh, North Rocks were there and Night Church a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, brief rundown. Yep. What do we got? So, I mean, chapter 20, which I preached on to... Um, a number of our congregations on Sunday and some the weeks before that, um, is really picking up midstream of an encounter that Jesus and his disciples are having. They've, they've just finished, if you like, with the um, the rich young man who comes to Jesus looking for eternal life and goes away sad um, because he's unable to leave his wealth and his, his wealth is a barrier to, to him. And, and the disciples then begin a conversation with Jesus about that encounter and reflecting on it. And they come to a point where they, they worry, well, if, if he can't be saved, who can be saved? And then they start to worry about their own kind of um, situation before God. They, they sort of think, well, well, will we be okay? You know, we've done all this stuff for you, Jesus. Are we going to be all right? And it's in that context that Jesus tells this story, um, all connected to the theme of first and last, that if the disciples are coming from a mindset of, hey, we've been here first, Surely God should treat us first because we've been here from the beginning. Um, Jesus wants to, like he does this whole section in Matthew, flip things on their head and show that the kingdom of heaven is not about God. It's not about God being fair. It's about God being generous. And that actually God is a God of unbelievable generosity who pours out generosity even on those who are latecomers and last um, because God is a God of generosity, not a God Mm. who operates under the same expectations of fairness that I guess the kingdom of this world mm. operates on. Mm. And so it's a big challenge for the disciples. I think it's a big challenge for us uh, to get our head around God's generosity. And you see the linking of those stories, the end of chapter 19, Jesus says, many who are first will be last, many who are last will be first. Tells this story of the kingdom being like a landowner hiring workers, and then ends in verse 16, the last will be first and the first will be last. Yeah. Our, our first question picks up on that. Maybe we should ask that one last, but no. It's our first question. Uh, what does it really mean that the last will be first and the first will be last? Yeah, it's it's a great pithy little phrase from Jesus. He is really the master of capturing a controversial thought. And what he's doing here is he is inverting, switching upside down, flipping on its head. Chapter after chapter, he's flipping on, on, on its head the way that this world works and contrasting it with the way that the kingdom of heaven works. And so in this world, you come back to the rich young man, the way to, the way to get ahead is to be wealthy, is to mm. be successful, to kind of be head and shoulders above everybody else and uh, so to succeed such that you will be rewarded. And Jesus flips that on its head and says, no, actually, 
come follow me, give up everything, turn turn aside from those things, those things that give you blessing and, and status and advantage in this world are actually of no use to you in the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's all upside down. And so it is with the idea of prominence or power or other things that we might be tempted to think mean that God should treat us as if we were first, that, that there's some sense of deservedness or entitlement that we might bring, a sense that, hey, I'm first in line here. I'm the most important. Jesus says, no, actually, those who think they are first are actually going to be treated as if they're mm. last. It's those who are last that God lifts up and treats mm. as first. And so it is, um, it's part of how God sees the world, that he, he notices the vulnerable, the humble, uh, the one who comes poor and needy to him, recognizing that they come offering nothing. That is the one that God elevates and says um, is first, whereas the one who comes entitled saying, hey, look at what I've got to offer. That is the one who God turns away and says, well, no, you'll, you'll be last. Yeah. It's a wonderful reality, and I'm so grateful that God is like that and mm. treats us like that. Yeah, it's worth saying as well that the next chunk of Matthew it keeps on exploring yeah, this theme with, with the two of the disciples and their mum who come and say, hey, can we be the greatest? Can mm. we be mm. first, if you like? And Jesus says, well, actually, the path to greatness in my kingdom is to be last via being a servant. Um, and, and then he points to his own service where he says even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his mm. life as a ransom for many it's it's the same theme just yeah. on and on again that the kingdom of heaven is upside down back to mm. front it's completely the opposite of what we've been trained in our own world to expect how things work yeah which in its best case you know is part of what helps the church to shine as a beacon of light yeah. in the midst of this world absolutely we are living this out that'll be visibly yeah. different yep to a world that needs this difference and needs yeah. Jesus. Yep. Yep. So Jesus tells this story to illustrate the last being first. Vineyard owner goes and hires some different workers, uh, different stages of the day, and then at the end of the day, they all get paid the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, a brief retelling of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, these early workers, they came, agreed to a wage. What would have happened if they just stopped working before the day mm. finished? Yeah. Would they have been paid? Were there other laborers? You know, this vineyard owner goes out to find workers as the day goes on. Were, were there some who, you know, mm. had started out waiting there and then left? It, just a few questions there about the details of this story. What do we do with those? That's an interesting question. I think it's worth saying straight up and down. Um, the passage doesn't explore that possibility. Jesus doesn't explore mm. that possibility. Um, I, I got some thoughts to offer, but I think it's worth knowing. I'm, I'm not an expert in um, sort of you know ancient union law movement you know, wage <laughs> wage negotiations that's not my not my speciality um but i get the get the sense that this these are day laborers and they're being hired for a task and such that the way that the the contract is is set up uh, mm. for them in, uh, in in chapter 1 uh sorry verse 1 of chapter 20 he goes out in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard and he agrees to pay them a denarius for the day. And I take it that in that, there is a sense of, okay, today we are harvesting field A or field B or whichever mm-hmm. field we're going to. And if you're willing to come on my working team and harvest field A, I will pay you a denarius, a day's wage. And so I think it is paid for task more so than paid for hour. It, like we have a very much, I get paid an hourly rate. I think it's paid for the day. This is the task we're doing, come and work for mm-hmm. the day. If they'd left in the day, I, I'm not sure what would have happened. I don't know the, the custom and the culture at that point. Um, but I suspect 
it, it, we're possibly, I mean, maybe the question behind the question here is what happens to a Christian who perhaps begins with God and yeah. gives up partway yeah. through. Um, and I think, again, you take us back to where we picked up this series in Matthew chapter 13. We, we began mm. with the parable of the sower and the different soils and the way that some sprout for a season and then dry up or sometimes thorns come and choke them out. It's only the good soil that is the one category, if you like, that gets the blessing and affirmation of um, of God in, in Matthew thirteen that it's good soil or nothing. Mm. And so to say to to, it, it, to say to explore this thought of well, I was a Christian for ten years and then I well sure I turned my back on it, but surely that's got to count for something mm. and maybe I'll get a mm. bit of a payoff mm. for that. I think it's kind of that's it's the wrong way to think about it for starters. I, I wouldn't want to be thinking rest on your laurels because you used to be a Christian. And that's yeah. that's not yeah. helpful. Um, and I think Matthew 13 probably points to the other side of that, that actually that's that's a bad outcome, that that's, that's an indication of not being good soil, that mm-hmm. it, it begins for a little while and then walks away. So if that's the question behind the question, I think I'd point to um, Matthew 13 as a yeah. way of answering that. In terms of what happened in Jesus' day with workers who walked off the job <laughs> and gave up halfway, did they get a pay packet? I'm not sure. Yeah, Jesus could have told a different story with yeah. that, but this is the story he chose to make the point that he wanted to make. And yep. yeah, sometimes it's good to ask these questions, but we might not be able to answer them because yep. it's another story Jesus told. That's right. We learn from what he did have to say here. Now, we had a question that comes through, Sam. Now, I, I'm not entirely sure where it fits with what you mentioned on Sunday, uh, but it's still a worthwhile question to ask. And if there's a connection, whoever asked that you're listening, that's wonderful. We hope this is helpful for you. Yep. Um, some people... You know, this passage highlights of God's generosity yep. to us as the way into the kingdom. Some people might say, well, we only need faith to enter heaven. Mm. I don't need to go to church. Going to church would be some kind of work. I can just have my faith mm. on my own. Mm. That'll be okay. That's enough. Yeah, sure. What would you say about that view? Yeah, thanks, Lachlan. Um, the, the truth is that it is all about the generosity of God. Salvation at its heart is a gift. It is a overwhelming generosity of, in this parable, the, the landowner, the vineyard owner, who gives what is undeserved, mm. even to those who've barely done a skerrick of work, who've been in the vineyard for a matter of minutes. He lavishes a rich whole day's pay upon them um, and so it, it absolutely highlights that it is not about the works that mm. that, that mm. have been done that enable the receiving of, of God's favour and blessing. That's just purely down to the rich generosity of God. However, and I think I made this point on Sunday, and I think it's made across the Bible, that we are saved for a purpose. Mm. We, and that purpose is to do good works and to serve. Mm. That is that is the purpose of, of our salvation in the here and now, that God has, we're not saved by our works, we're not saved by our service, but we are saved for our works and for our service, such that to be a Christian who says, well, I'm not saved by works, so I'm never going to do a good work in my life, mm. or I'm not, I'm not saved by service, so I'm never going to serve mm. in my life, mm. absolutely, I think, misses the point that we've been, and it's interesting, in this in this parable, the ones, the idle ones are, are the ones outside salvation. They're the ones waiting around in the marketplace with nothing to do. And and God saves them and gives them something to do. He, he, he employs them and says, well, come on in and work in my vineyard. And the implication is there that actually being under the Lord, 
and being on his workforce, if you like, is, is part of the blessing. And so I think that lines up quite well. You know, key, key passages out of the Apostle Paul's teaching, Ephesians 2, we're, not, we're saved by grace, through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then that's verses 8 and 9. And then it goes on in verse 10 to say, for we are God's workmanship yeah. in Christ, yeah. created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yeah. So it's, it's very much the purpose of what we want to do. So coming to church, serving others, uh, doing, ha- having a disciplined Christian life, all these things, they're not things that save us. We're not saved by them, but we are saved for them. Mm. We are saved mm. to be part of God's gathering. We are to be saved to be... Um, to, to live disciplined Christian lives, to, mm. to do good works, that is the very purpose of our salvation in the here and now. Yeah, and particularly on kind of that church front, uh, you know, I can imagine a scenario where you hear about Jesus and it's the last couple of days of your life mm. and you can't get along to a church. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. You've trusted in Jesus. Never been to church once, but yep. you're, you're, you're in heaven. Yep. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of like... Uh, one of these 11th hour workers, if you like, you yeah. know, brought in at the last minute. They didn't do any of the training and workplace safety and hard, they lifted nothing, you know, but they were given the full blessing. But to then push that back and say, well, you know, I've, I've been saved now and I'm healthy and good and I've got the opportunity to become part of this local gathering. I'm, I'm going to not do that. That would be yeah. not only unwise, but I think sinful in yeah. regards to God's purposes. For... I mean, imagine if one of those first employees brought in at 6am in the morning went, you know what, I know how this story ends. I, I know that the guy, that, that the boss on at, at payday is going to pay everyone any, mm. the same amount. So I'm just going to sit over here and have Smoko all day. Mm. Like it's totally missing the mm. point mm. Uh, of, of what he's been saved for. He, mm. He's been employed and saved in, in this case by, by the by the landowner for fruitful service in the vineyard. So so come and do what you've been saved to do. Yeah, and yeah. to half back to Matthew 13, yeah one of the means by which God has given us to endure in our faith and not be the soil mm. that gets choked out by the thorns or burnt up by the sun. Yep. One of the means is the community of believers. Totally. Uh, and in some contexts where people struggle to have that opportunity to meet together, they really miss that. Yeah. Uh, and Great it blessing. becomes harder and harder. Make, make use of this thing that God has mm. given for your own growth in faith, for the growth of others in faith. We could talk lots more about the purpose of church, the nature of church. Mm. Uh, it is part of God's purpose for individuals to not just be individuals, yeah. Yeah. but to be part of a people. We tackled some of that back in Hebrews earlier in the year. Yeah. So if you want to think some more about that, go back and have a listen to yeah. things on Hebrews 4, Hebrews 10, yeah. some of the stuff in there about why it's important to gather mm. together. And again, I think uh, maybe just one last thought on this one, if that's all right, but I... I think if you've got, say, church attendance in your head as a work that has to be done or, or something, mm. almost like a something that has to be endured in order to kind of earn brownie points with, with God, I think, I wonder if, you, if, if you're thinking well about church in that way. Like, I, I love being at church. I, I look forward to it. Mm. I, I love being with people. I love, I love the conversations I have afterwards. I love praying with people. I love talking about the Bible with people. And I, you know... If you said to me, Sam, you're never going to get to go to church again, I'd be really disappointed. Yeah. Like, I love being at yeah. church. And I, and I think I, I would love to foster within uh, our church community more and more of that, where rather than seeing it, oh, okay, great, it's Sunday, I better go. I've got to be there. I'm, I'm putting my hours in for God. Like, I, I, I want to, if that's the way that your mm. head and heart is towards mm. church, I, I, I think there might be some deeper issues going mm. on as to where you're up to in your faith with God. Whereas, think a healthy christian person is thinking oh yes now it's not to say church is perfect or there's no difficulties there there are um, but actually it's something that we we look forward to and we see as a privilege that we get rather than uh something that we must or have yeah, to do yeah.
It's good. Love to talk more there, but we'll keep moving. Mm. Uh, you've picked up, Sam, already on this idea that the framing of this parable from Jesus is you know, entry into the kingdom is likened to coming in and yep. being productive, doing yep. some work. Yep. Uh, now, someone heard on Sunday you talk about local church service as yep. kind of an implication of that. Yep. Um, let me read out some of what they've said in the question. Mm. Uh, most of us don't work for church. Even if we serve at church, that's only a fraction of our life. What about all the work of the Christian in other contexts? Yeah. Like where they work, how they parent, with yep. their neighbour. Yep. All of life, wherever they are, they're representing Jesus. Yeah. Is is that not working in his vineyard mm. as well? Yep. How do we think about those two things? Fabulous question. Yep. Um, I really appreciate someone's asked this and it gives, you, gives me a chance just to clarify. And uh, I think it's worth noting that the context of this parable is to the 12 who have as Peter says in the, in the run-up to this parable, the, the, the comment that actually kind of triggers Jesus to tell this story is uh, that um, Jesus says, uh, so Peter says in chapter 19, verse 27, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Like they, they are workers. This is their whole life. Mm. They've, they've turned away from mm. everything. Mm. They're not doing everything else in their life. They've given up their jobs. They're not fishing anymore. Mm. They're not... They are the, the workers and the, the danger that Jesus spots in their hearts at this point is a, is a potential entitlement that mm. therefore they think, well, we should be first, right? You know? And so Jesus is speaking to that context. And then from that, well, we can extrapolate a whole bunch of other things, mm. but it's just worth setting the context that that is who Jesus is yeah. speaking yeah. to here and then try and work from that context. Now, what does that mean for, for us in the modern world? Um, we absolutely do have lives that go beyond the local go beyond the local church, and we all of us have things like whether they're our family, they're our, our outside employment, our other things that we are involved in, and um, that that is good and right and appropriate. Um, I think it is fair to say that coming into the kingdom totally transforms mm. your identity and mm. totally transforms what now matters mm. and it is I, I think again it's it's just part of the the fabric of this parable it's not the centerpiece of this parable the centerpiece of this parable is that god is generous mm. that god goes beyond fairness into generosity but part of the fabric of this parable is that christian life is vineyard service it's mm. it's mm. being part of god's mission in the world that god until that final bell is in the business of bringing in a harvest. And the harvest is not grapes, it's people. Mm. And so I think each one of us needs to then think about our lives as a disciple as to how do I play my part in God's harvest? What is that going to look like for me? Um, and I think every single one of us has a part to play. There's nobody who, who, who says, well, I, I'm not connected to, who's a Christian who says, I'm not connected to harvest work in any way. Mm. Um, now, whether that is through your personal um, evangelism, sharing the gospel with people that you know and love, or whether that is through a, a, a formal ministry that you get involved in that actually enables harvest work, or it's the things that you pray for, the way that you um, spend your, your money, your energy, uh, where, where, what, what really matters to you. Now, of course, uh, that doesn't mean it's the only thing you do, but it is, I think, the, for, for a Christian, it, it becomes a central piece of, of what where our heart is and what we're invested in and what we care about that it is that the kingdom of heaven it, it actually goes goes forward and I, and I think that's got to be something that we learn to to love and, and let it actually capture our heart and capture our 
um, yeah, all of who we are that that we just love it when God's kingdom goes mm. forward and, and when mm. people are brought into the vineyard. Mm. Um, and you know, Jesus says, and I, I think I, I noted this piece on 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 Sunday, Matthew nine, thirty four and thirty five. Um, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that that workers might be sent out. And mm. I don't think that's just full time paid gospel ministers. I think mm. that's that that the Christians that God is saving would be released into kingdom service. And so I yeah. think that's just got to be part yeah. of the fabric. And, and so the way that I go to work, the way that I spend time with my friends and family, the way that I do other things that I'm engaged with is, is now reimagined with the kingdom of heaven at the core of it. Yeah. Which if I'm just processing as we chat here and thinking about this question, mm. looking at some of the categories that they mentioned, I, in a in the way it's all kind of framed and set up, what's happening in the local church should be helping me as a Christian in my mm, parenting, right? Absolutely. Like they're not opposed. Yeah. They're meant to come together and actually be yeah. helpful. We, we want to be equipping and enabling and training people to be parents who are raising kids and helping their kids share the gospel and ensuring their kids know Jesus as best as they can yep. uh, with their neighbours. You know, we, we want people to be sharing the gospel and it's not that those things should be competing. Yeah. Sometimes it can feel like they compete. Mm. Kind of, I, I don't know if you've had that experience where I could spend some time with my neighbour yep. uh, or I could come to this thing that church has put on mm. and I might feel guilty if I say no to the church thing because yep. people might make a judgment call about me and my lack of commitment. But sure, sure, sure. I want to go spend time with my neighbour over here. Have you had that kind of wrestle? Well, and- sure. And, and I think I'm really drawn to, and maybe this is a little plug just for Sam Chan's... Um, night that we're running in a, in a couple of weeks time we had him here earlier in the year we're having mm. him again in a couple of weeks time and sam uses this fantastic language of merge your universes mm. and i think a lot of us live in separate universes we have our church world and it's very disconnected to my other world mm. and, and sam's point is merge them mm. join them up um if you're gonna go hang out with go hang out with your, with your friends and then invite someone from church to go with mm. them mm. and connect those universes make those relationships you know, rather than having a night with your, your your workmates and then a night with your churchmates, think, hey, I haven't got enough time for this. Well, connect them in, get them to mm. know each other, build, mm. cross those, you know, try and be a bit of a social engineer and be a bit creative about it. Um, so, yeah, try and connect those things up, I think, because we need to see that, that again, God's kingdom is, is actually on the march and God, God wants to see those people that, that you work amongst, you live amongst, you play amongst, you do life amongst. He wants to see them connected mm. with the kingdom, and mm. I and I am very keen to see those worlds colliding and connecting, mm. and mm. Um, not not in competition with one another, as if I'm living two separate lives, but actually more and more that I'm I'm actually merging those lives together, and my faith and my my my, my membership in God's church actually informs the way that I do yeah. all of my life. Yeah. yeah. So maybe if you are finding that those things are competing, come and have a chat to us. Like mm. we're, we're trying as a pastoral team to to not make you feel that. Like we want to empower you to go yeah. and live a fruitful, productive Christian life yeah. that is seeing yeah. people come to know Jesus and yeah. encouraging those who are Christians. So totally. it feels like the things yeah. we're doing as a local church are actually hindering you in that. that that's mm. a problem. Mm. And we'd love to hear about that and talk mm. that through. Yeah. I, I think the other thing I'd say just on this particular question is that like I, I'm very pro the local church, um, mm. and I actually think the local church is instrumental in in God's purposes mm. for for eternity. Mm. That it is, 
it's a little little foreglimpse of the the final gathering of, of God's people together. And so I want people to be very passionate about their local church and see it as a place that is instrumental in in the mission of God yeah. in this yeah. area. And yeah. and it's worth saying that sometimes, um, uh, like one of the things that I've I've discovered as I've gone on in life is that my connection to the community is actually very small. Um, I have a handful of you know. Um, you know, I've got a handful of friends and a handful of connections of, of the various places that I go in. I come into somewhere like um, our local church. I, I was here for ESL on Tuesday morning because we're, we're trying to find a, a new uh, teacher for one of the classes and just having a little bit of a squiz at the ministry. And I was blown away. There are all these people who are all part of the community um, and I, I've never met them before. Mm. And yet here they are in connecting with the local church and they are actually hungry for mm. people to befriend them and know them mm. and love them, mm. teach them English, and mm. a whole bunch of them want to hear about Jesus and they come along to yeah. a Bible study afterwards. Yeah. And there's this whole community that's actually coming to us. And, and yet I'm, my, I think my version of kind of, I don't know, communities is often too small. That I, There are all these people who are I'm living and breathing mm. amongst. Mm. Um, and actually a church like St. Paul's is a fantastic way to meet them because mm. they're, they're actually, you know, you come to, come to Ignite and Salt, drop off and pick up and meet a whole bunch of parents who are bringing their kids yeah. along to our programs yeah. yet who aren't Christians. And so your local church is a phenomenal way to actually connect with your local local community. Mm. Often our workplaces take us to other other areas mm. and, and other mm. and that's awesome too. We wanna we want to see the mm. kingdom of heaven go forward there. But your local church is a, a phenomenal place to connect with your local community and uh, and I'm very pro that and I want to see God's people kind of yeah lean yeah. into that and make the most of this uh of this particular mission field here in our in our midst yeah, yeah. so good. anyway there's a bit Look, of this, a this can flow into the next question because we're still talking about formal service in church someone's asked interested to know thoughts on formal service in church at different life stages mm. quite a few parents with babies and young children at morning church is it appropriate to ever say no to a formal serving role because of other things mm. that god has put in our life Mm. I think we've already been talking about this, we but have, let's yeah. just yeah. push into it there. Look, a, f- a formal... Uh, I'm the ministry pastor, so just acknowledging my my bias here. I love people serving in every facet of their life, and I love pe- seeing people take up formal ministry roles, and I'm not a, not ashamed of that. I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing when people do that, mm. um, and I'm very pro that. Um, it, it would be wrong, however, to, to equate um, service in, in, in its wholeness with a serving role at church. Mm. They're not... Mm. there's a like a Venn diagram of overlap there yeah. but they're not the same thing yeah. um, and so we are called to serve in every aspect of our life and even the way you just conduct yourself amongst your kids and amongst your family and amongst you know your workplace and just who you are as a person and your heart is part of your service I think it's also at the so I want to say that and say that clearly but I also want to say which I think the Bible says is that there is a particular kind of service and work which is the gospel work which is the, the furthering of the kingdom of heaven it's a particular work that all Christians are called to take up their part in. Mm. It's the it's the work that in one Corinthians fifteen, Paul says is never in vain. Um, it's work that's enabled by the resurrection. It's it's a particular type of work that we are called to give ourselves to wholly, knowing that mm. it's never in vain. Now, does it require a formal serving role? No, it, it's it's the the gospel work that we mm. do. Um, mm. But in a in a church like ours, that kind of work. Um, requires a degree of organization and, and 
kind of coordination mm. just because there's a lot of people to reach and there's a lot of people to organize to, to do the reaching yeah. and so we we try and um, organize that we organize that um, in light of our theology of, of the body that there are different parts with different gifts and doing different roles but all pulling together in the work of, of kind of the gospel going forward and so I think where possible I would want to encourage every member of, of our church to to prayerfully think through what kind of way can they take up their involvement in the kind of the gospel work in the gospel service mm. at a at a life stage appropriate way mm. and in a way that also lines up with your gifts and so it may be sure that if in the little baby stage um, it's it's harder for you to be a salt leader mm. you know like mm. that that would make perfect sense that would be a role that I, I think you possibly should say no to because salt requires you to be out at 6 40 p.m till 10 p.m on a friday night that's mm. not the time that a newborn a parent of a newborn is available to be mm. on mm. Uh, on deck um or maybe you know i mean I, I did that right through all of our newborns but um most for most people that's that's a pretty hard yeah. kind of yeah. ask however um, it might be very appropriate for a parent of a newborn to take up a serving role in amongst our Monday play circle. Mm. That might be a way that, and actually see that not just as a place to come and, you know, um, take take an hour off with, you know, and have a cuppa, uh, but come and be there as, a, as an evangelist amongst the other mums mm. and, and actually mm. join the team who pray about that ministry and work together in trying to share the gospel in that arena. That would be a really appropriate way mm. for a, a parent of a newborn to, to think about serving in the body um, and so thinking through, well, what life stage am I at? What kind of ministry roles might be appropriate for me? Um, and, and I think that there would be, there's always, like, if in doubt, come and have a chat with someone on the surf chat team. We've got oodles of roles yeah, that we're keen to yeah. have filled. And you, if you come with a heart which says, look, I'm aware of my, my um, limitations. I know I'm at this particular phase of life. Um, you know, and it's not just newborns. Like, there's there's elderly people in our midst and yeah. uh, we're not going to stick them on the chair stacking roster. Like, that's not the place that we're going to put them because that's uh, inappropriate for their life stage. But I want to suggest that th there will be a way in, in which uh, if you have a, a heart to honour the Lord and a heart to serve, which I think is, is just part of, you know, that's where we're going in the, in the next chunk of Matthew, which is that even the Son of Man didn't mm. come to be mm. served but to serve. Mm. I think if you've got that heart and you're caught up in the in the purposes of God that, that he works through the local church then I think there'd be a way to find a, a role part of the issue is that we, we often just don't see the breadth of roles that are possible and available we think well I, I can't lead a growth group and I can't lead youth group so I can't do anything as if there are only two roles in church yeah. there, there are hundreds yeah. of I think there's 108 teams that operate around church all with different sure. different sure. ministries and activities and all these different roles and so I want to say I think we, if you had the heart to want to do it we, we could find you one. I haven't answered the question yet, which says, is it ever right to say no to a formal serving role? I, I'm sure I can imagine a circumstance or a scenario where it might be perfectly appropriate to say no for a season. Um, but I think I'd want to say that that's more the exception than the rule. I think I'd, I'd, my encouragement would be for everyone to, to think through with a sacrificial heart, what, what role could I take that would be appropriate for where I'm at at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, I, we haven't... Talked about this ahead of time, Sam. A couple of thoughts come to mind for me that we don't have to press into here. But mm. um, one of the things I love about being a purpose-driven church mm. is that all our formal serving roles 
mm. should have a purpose behind them that we think is actually biblical and totally. warranted for the local church. Yeah. There shouldn't be anywhere where signing up to a formal serving or you're going, what's the point of this? Yeah. Totally. Like, this is just a waste of time. Yeah. If you think that, <laughs> then we've got right. an issue. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't yeah. want to, we, we're constantly asking, if we've got rosters like that, then we probably want to can them and do yeah. something more useful that has a greater purpose that aligns with God's yep. kind of harvest work. Yeah. Um, the second thing alongside that is if you see something that you think is would promote the harvest of God mm. and we're not doing it in a formal way, like I'm, I'm open to innovation. I don't know. Totally. There's a challenge with that in a big church or whatever, but we want to hear ideas and yep. think about other things that could be innovative. Yeah. There can sometimes be a question of is a particular kind of service and ministry, will it benefit from being structured and formalized mm. or is it better just happening organically yep. in our midst? Yep. Um, I think in this context about serving by praying mm. and having an active prayer life, we might not put the serving word under that, yep. but at all stages of life, totally. we talk about those who are elderly and can't stack yep. chairs. Yep. Many of the most fervent prayers mm. that I know yeah. are those at that stage of life who yep. just invest so much time and do yeah. uh, what, what great fruit comes from their devoted prayers. Even that though, like I, I, I just want to, like I love praying and uh, I'm a big fan of people doing it. We organize a lot of our prayer to, to happen. There are people yeah. who, you know, on Sundays after the connect cards come through and some people have marked that their particular prayer request is one to be shared. There are people who then go, great, I'm going to pray about yeah. that because again, in a church our size and even in a city our size, it's very hard to organically mm. know mm. the needs that require mm. prayer just mm. because there's so many people yeah. that, the Lord cares about, but you just don't know what's going on in their life. So we do need a degree yeah. of organization. And part part of the reason we organize is because we, without organization, people don't get love. And yeah. without organization, yeah. good things that should happen don't happen. And so we organize even... Now, it doesn't, say that, doesn't mean that prayer can't happen without organization. Of course mm. it can. But we'll pray better the more we organize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Look, we should wrap it up there. Let cool. me end back in the passage because all that stuff on service has been good. We want to come back and hear mm. this verse from the vineyard owner who represents the Lord God. Mm. Uh, Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Yeah. Or are you envious because I am generous? Mm. So the last will be first and the first will be last. What a joy it is mm. to live for and serve a generous God who has been so generous to us and invited us to enjoy his kingdom, which we don't rightly belong. Yeah, but he invites us in. And it's a wonderful privilege to be part of that and to serve him. Sam, thanks for your time. Uh, I think we won't be catching up with you for quite a few weeks on the extras. I've got a couple of weeks of uh, of not preaching. We'll be back in Matthew in, I think, about a month's time, a bit over a month. And uh, I'm looking forward to pushing forward with it. Great. Thanks so for listeners. Where are we going this week? What are we doing? Do we do well, that? it depends. It depends where we are. It depends uh, where you are. We, we will still yeah. for our next episode be back in Matthew. That's Peter's right. got the next section Peter. of Matthew yep. there, uh, and then we're taking a few weeks to think about the Christian life and the different areas that we can overflow in. Mm. For that. Awesome. But no, back in Matthew next week. Just not with you, Sam. Mm. Over with Peter. Yep. You enjoy the break, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, mate. Bye, bye, everyone.